Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Shelly. How are you? I'm okay. What a time to be alive with the formula shortage and everything that's just going on in the world right now. It's everybody is just like stressed out. Yeah. Anxiety. That's right. I know it's, it's a very difficult time for many people. Mm -hmm. I think most of us are feeling it somehow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This week, we're talking with Emma Jory, and she is talking to us about how to take care of your body in all four trimesters. So the three trimester pregnancy, and then the fourth trimester in the postpartum period. Wonderful. Such a good topic, especially to focus on. I feel like there are a million books that talk about pregnancy, but nobody talks about the next three months, the first three months of having your baby in your arms versus in your womb. Mm-hmm. Especially in our like snapback super mom culture. That's right. That's yep. really unfair to parents. So I'm excited about this interview. Very good. But first, let's do our favorite of the week. Great. I'll let you go first, Nicole. All right. Well, I just went to a really excellent, um, well done training last week um, for my job. And the training was about how to spot women who are being trafficked and or in an abusive situations and relationships. That's important for what I do on a daily basis. So I went to this training, which was extremely hard to be at for the day. It was really intense, but really informative. And one of the speakers spoke about the book um, and recommended the book called The Body Keeps a Score, which is a New York, New York Times bestseller. And it says brain, mind and body in the healing of trauma. And it is a thick read. It is meaty and quite a bit to take in, but it's excellent. It talks about how, what trauma does to your brain and what that then um, how that manifests and holy cow, just really a good, a good read. Yeah. So anyway, that's my favorite of the week. I love learning about how amazing our brains are and just like how our brain keeps score and how our past traumas can affect our lives today. You know, even if your mom um, had a lot of trauma when she was pregnant with you, that can impact how you respond to stress in your life. But the fact that if you work at it, you can retrain your brain and change how your brain thinks and change how your brain reacts to stress and trauma. It's just so amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I find it just, it's the brain is so interesting and I love to learn about how we think and why we think the way we do. And, Mm -hmm. but to learn on a different level of how it responds to trauma and what that does is it's just brilliant. So 
difficult reading, not light reading mm-hmm. by any stretch, but important if you're in any line of work where you could possibly be working with someone or if you've been through trauma or, you know, no family or friends, just important to understand. Especially if you're a parent of young children. Yeah. Because how your body responds to your past trauma can impact on how you parent your children. Yes, I absolutely agree. Really good point, Shelly. Yep. All right. Well, how about something lighter? What's your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Bring on the wine. This week, I'm going to combine our question of the week with my favorite of the week because my favorite week is kind of the answer to the question. All right. So I've been getting a lot of questions on Instagram for resources for families who are using formula in the formula shortage. Yes. It's so scary what's going on out there. It's probably going to get a little worse before it gets better. My favorite resource for the formula shortage is freeformulaexchange.com. This site was actually created by a mom in Massachusetts. And what it is, is you can go on and make like a formula request, or you can offer to donate formula. So if you have like samples of formula that you got when you were pregnant and you're not using it, you would go on the website and you would put up like, okay, this is the formula that I have. And someone who needs that specific formula for their baby can then request it for you. Or if you are looking for formula, you can go on the site and put in a request for whatever kind of formula that you need. And people who have that formula can see your request and connect with you to get that formula to your baby. Excellent. Such a good idea. It is. And good job, Massachusetts mom who put this all together. Yes. And, but I'm also like, this shouldn't have been left up to a local, like new mom that is already busy enough raising her baby and trying to find food for her baby. Like why hasn't the government created something like this? Right. The government has just been so slow. Like they're finally taking action now on the shortage, but they've been in general, like so slow to respond, not offering much resources for parents at all. Kind of just like leaving them out in the dark. And as a result, now we have babies who are getting really sick because the parents are diluting the formula to make it last longer. Or there's some really, really awful um, homemade formula recipes that are going around that are not nutritionally safe to feed your baby. Yeah, a lot of craziness going on out there. So freeformulaexchange.com. So if you're using formula or if you have formula to donate, I would check out that website. We will put it in the show notes. Excellent. And next up, we will be speaking with Emma Joy. Great. Hi, Emma. Hi, Shirley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. You have done quite a bit in helping families and women. Um, You are the founder of ePilates Online, an international certified Pilates bar and Hatha yoga instructor. And you're also a certified health coach. And you specialize in women's health, specifically prenatal and postpartum. Yes, I've had a a, a array of uh, experience in in all those areas. And how did you get into all that? Can you give us like a little of your personal background story? Yeah, great. I first, well, I was working in corporate and first got into Pilates uh, when I tried it out myself just to see what all the rage was about, this new exercise that all the celebrities were doing. And once I tried it, I just loved the feeling. I felt amazing after the the sort of mind-body connection was new for me. 
So never stopped really after that. And that was 18 years ago. Oh, that was teaching 18 years ago, I should say. Um, Started probably about four years before that. And uh, have taught um, pre and postnatal women right from the beginning. It's definitely a great form of exercise to do when you're you're pre and postnatal. So a lot of my experiences with uh, different age groups, different fitness levels of of clients, uh, and uh, yeah, one of my favourite clientele are pre and postnatal women. So it's uh, definitely a passion of mine. And I continue to this day to start keep, keep studying and learning new things. It's it's a great industry to be in. What is the difference between Pilates and yoga? Oh, good question. The main difference I think to describe is the yoga is a little bit more focused on the spirituality side of things and Pilates is a little bit more the physical, even though uh, we do have a, both have a mind body connection exercise. It's definitely, you know, yoga has its roots in, in a bit more spirituality, both strengthen and improve flexibility. So you can definitely uh, inc- improve in those areas doing both. Uh, for Pilates focuses a lot more on core strength. So we do focus on the abdominals and the areas that surround the spine, like glutes, back, shoulders. And I think yoga probably is a bit more about the, the flexibility and we do mm-hmm. a lot more standing work. So that's probably the easiest way to describe the difference. Um, but it is a question that comes up a lot. And often yoga is, depending on the style, is done uh, quite a bit is done standing and Pilates is often done uh, quite a bit of it is on the floor or lying. So a few differences mm-hmm. there. And that I think that's something that you're expecting a baby or just had a baby. Like those are the target areas that most people are concerned about during that time. Absolutely. And uh, Pilates focuses a lot on the core, um, as I mentioned, but also pelvic floor. And Mm -hmm. uh, obviously that is definitely an area that we need to stay strengthened as women and even men, believe it or not. And I think even if you haven't had children, it's important to focus on the pelvic floor. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And and also Pilates focuses a lot on the uh, posture as well. So we tend to, you know, when, when we're obviously, you know, pregnant and also giving, you know, breastfeeding when we've given birth, we tend to sometimes get in a more forward hunched posture. So Pilates is great for that as well. Mm-hmm. I know the number one complaint for most parents when they're going through pregnancy is back pain. And then of course, you know, you sneeze too hard or you laugh too hard and you have to end up running to the bathroom because there's just so much pressure on your pelvic floor. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, the, you know, this, this can happen early years or later in life. Obviously, it's something common for a lot of women. And uh, the back pain can sometimes happen during pregnancy because obviously the weight of the baby, we start to get in a little bit more arched back position. So support of the core is really essential uh, to, to support that, obviously, the weight you know, of the baby because our posture changes. And then postnatally, we definitely, you know, obviously have had changes, uh, you know, in the pelvic floor area. So keeping that strong and supple is is really important. Uh, like you say, to avoid any leaking when sneezing or coughing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keeping that area strong and, and supple is definitely important. And on your website, you you say that you teach Pilates and bar. What is the bar class? Yeah, the bar's lots of fun. It's it's kind of, I like to describe it as Pilates on steroids or, or amplified. It's like a much harder, stronger 
I guess, workout than, than Pilates in a different way. It's a little bit more intense. It has a bit more overload. So you'll feel a lot more of the burn. Um, and it's a really good thing for women who are pregnant as well, because we do a lot of work standing and uh, strengthening the legs. Uh, we still focus on the core. So when you are pregnant, it's a little bit going into second and third trimester. It's not as easy to do the, the training lying down. So our standard Pilates exercises are not always the best during the you know second and third trimester. We often do it sitting on a fit ball so that you're upright and you have a little bit more freedom that way. But bar is great because you can be standing and do a lot of it in standing position. Um, we do a lot of hand weight sort of training as well in bar. So we strengthen and turn the upper body and the arms, which is always nice to, to keep strong before you have to hold your baby in the, in the last trimester. So yeah, both, both are a great mix actually. There's a lot of literature saying that Pilates, yoga too, but general like strengthening of that abdominal, the back, the legs can help with the actual birth process. Can you talk a little bit about that? For sure. The I, I specialize in both Pilates and yoga and pre and postnatal Pilates and yoga. And I love the combination. I do find that the yoga is a really nice way to have the mums focus a little bit more internally to really think about the mindset um, side of things. So we do a lot of visualization in my classes. Uh, we do a lot of opening through the hips and it really does help obviously, you know, during the birth process. So it makes it a lot easier to get into certain positions if need be. Uh, ideally, we want to feel a little bit more open in the hip area, feel comfortable in those open positions. And so practicing yoga uh, does help to, you know, to get to, to those positions a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we know that like pushing upright helps the baby move down easier, but if you're not used to squatting or doing those movements and you have very limited mobility, it might be harder for you during your labor to squat on the bed or on a birthing chair. If you haven't been doing that generally in your life or during the pregnancy. Yeah. So this is one thing that I do love to teach my clients during the class was actually we use the football, which is fantastic for exactly this point. We get uh, the mothers into great positions so that they feel comfortable during labor. So they can be folding over the football, you know, opening through the pelvic and the groin area. And just doing certain movements with the football is a really great way to feel comfortable pre-labor, you know, so that when you go into labor, you can almost know these movements unconsciously. So you can go into them you know, comfortably and, and you've practiced them a lot before you get into labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know with my first baby, you know, I gave, I had an epidural with her and I gave birth on my back and she was a little over seven pounds, but my next two were over nine pounds. But because I was able to birth upright in kind of like a squat, they actually came out a lot easier. That's amazing. Yeah. The seven pounds. Yeah. That's awesome. And I can't imagine like, especially with my second, when I gave birth in the squatting position, I can't imagine giving birth in any other position. It just made it so much easier. And I'm grateful that I had the, the mobility and the flexibility to do that. 
I think I was even more mobile and flexible back then than yeah. I am now during, you know, during the pregnancy. Um, but it's a lot of moving. Like, I feel like we don't move around like we used to, like we used to be foraging for plants and in picking crops. And now we sit in our, you know, rocking chairs or our big armchairs and we lean back a lot. So we have a lot more of breech babies, transverse sunny side up positions that makes it harder to push. But if you're yeah, mobile, upright, moving during pregnancy, it's definitely helpful, but if it's uncomfortable for you to do it, you're not really going to be motivated to do it. And you talk a lot about like the importance of staying comfortable and healthy through each trimester. So how would taking like a Pilates or, or what you teach parents, how would that help them in the first trimester? What I like to really do, by the way, congratulations on giving birth in those positions. That's, that's amazing. Firstly, um, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, it makes, obviously we, we know that's, that's a a great way to, to give birth because of gravity obviously is helping a lot more and yeah, you obviously uh, were prepared for that. So it's great. It's what I try and prepare my clients with as well. But yeah, the first trimester, I like to actually teach my clients to think about what they will be doing in the fourth trimester, believe it or not. So even though they're able to do all of the exercises still, you know, during first trimester, most of the, most of the time you can still do most things. If you start to learn what you will be learning uh, in the fourth trimester, you know how your body's going to feel, or you, sorry, you know actually what connections to look for in the fifth tri- fourth trimester. So we do a lot of the pelvic floor connecting. We do uh, certain moves on the back so that you're learning, you know, certain movements that you will be doing fourth trimester. Um, which you don't actually do in second and third. So it's a really great time to understand that. And then it's easy once you get to the fourth trimester. So that's kind of my methodology. And we teach the pelvic floor connection. We teach, uh, you know, certain moves that are going to help restore the body. So even though we, I teach my clients to stay fit and healthy in, in more um, active movements, we still do the fourth trimester work. In second trimester, my uh, clients usually start to practice then what they will do in the third so that that becomes easier. And most of the work is done on the fit ball using a band, stretch band, and we start to, to get comfortable in the exercises for the third trimester. So it's kind of a little formula I teach, which works really well. Uh, and the women are really comfortable then by the time they get to third and fourth trimester, they know what they're doing, they know their body. They're strong, they're flexible, and uh, they can even practice at home. I kind of have a, a great little routine that we do. And I think so using the fit ball is really beneficial you know, during those trimesters, the second and third, because it gives a little bit more challenge to the core. So when you're in this unstable base of support, uh, like the fit ball, you can then strengthen areas you don't even know you're strengthening. So we, we, easily, uh, we can easily strengthen the deep core muscles um, while sitting on the fit ball. And I think just having, you know, that, like I mentioned before, having the exercises really embedded into the subconscious uh, that you will perhaps use during labor. So you may be kneeling and leaning on the fit ball, moving back and forth, and those moves are great for labor or during the labor. So it really is all about preparing for labor, as well as staying fit, healthy, and strong. 
And we do lots of squats as well with my clients. So I really recommend mm-hmm. that. And the fit ball is great to do squats with. It's, you know, putting it behind the back, using that against the ball, a wall, sorry, is, is a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk a lot, and that totally makes sense, by the way, like practicing the movements before you go into labor, before you have your baby. It's the same thing. Like if you're practicing any sort of breathing techniques, if you're planning on using it for your labor, you don't want to just start doing it when you go into labor, you want to practice it. So you have it kind of down pat, especially like building that muscle memory and that association. Exactly. And we, we do a lot of the breathing focus as well. So uh, Pilates and yoga does focus a lot on that. So the deep breathing into the diaphragm, diaphragmatic breathing, Mm -hmm. making sure we are learning how to control the mind with the breath really so that ability to control the breath helps uh, to calm the mind definitely those practices are, are really useful as you say and good to practice you know while you're going through your pregnancy so that when you get to labor uh, and also even postpartum uh, you do feel comfortable to use them you know a, a lot of my clients actually find they get a bit constricted obviously once they in their third trimester Uh, the breathing can be a little bit more challenging if you do have you know a bigger baby or you're you know you're a little bit smaller in the torso that the baby takes up a lot of space so really opening up through the diaphragm and getting that breathing uh, pattern helps a lot to feel comfortable Yep, 100%. And as a doula, when I would work with birthing parents who their goal was to go unmedicated through the birth I always stress the importance of having a practice and rehearsed way of regulation, like breathing, because once, you know, once you're in labor, if you internally start to panic about what you're feeling and the sensations you're having, it's really, really hard to meet your goals of a non-medicated birth versus if you go in with a really rehearsed pattern, breathing pattern or movements that you know pretty well, because you've been doing them through the whole pregnancy that's going to help you stay calm and centered and regulated because you can't go in thinking that the breathing is really going to help you with the pain, right? Like birth is just, it's uncomfortable either way. But if you go in with those tools to keep yourself calm, you can, you can get through it. Absolutely. I love that. And uh, yeah, like you say, it's the muscle memory. This is, this is really important. And you, you almost start to, you can start to default to those then once you've been practicing enough. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were talking about, you mentioned the connection between the brain and the pelvic area. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so actually the diaphragm in our rib area, the, the diaphragm that we all know about and mostly at the, and the pelvic floor diaphragm, they actually work together. So as we breathe in, our diaphragm under our ribs actually starts to move in a direction and then the pelvic floor also moves as well. So as we breathe out, the diaphragm closes and the lungs contract a little and the pelvic floor also contracts. So it's like this tandem movement, if you like, or wave. So as we breathe in, the diaphragm's lower and as we breathe out, the diaphragm's lift. So they uh, do work hand in hand. So the breathing will actually help when you are giving birth, when you are you know, controlling the breath, you are helping to control also the, the pelvic floor diaphragm. So uh, the breathing as well can be really obviously helpful when pushing or, you know, when, when needing to control the, that um, part of your labor. So, yeah, it's important to work on the breath for, for many reasons for that 
that one included, but also to also calm the mind as we as we know the two are connected. When the breath is controlled, the mind mm-hmm. is also a little bit more controlled. Mm-hmm. 100%. And as a doula, I would often coach my families on that too. Like even just the way that you're, you're holding your jaw or your, the sounds that you're making, like those clenched jaw, high pitched sounds like is not, it's going to tighten up your pelvic floor, make it harder so for it to relax and harder to, so usually, you know, if you're going to make sounds, you should make sounds, yeah. you know, whatever it takes to get through that contraction, but try to keep them like really low pitch, try to open your jaw as wide as you can. Don't clench, keep your shoulders relaxed. And I feel like that that helps a lot for me before I was a doula with my second, when I was doing the upright pushing my midwife at one point, cause I was doing the whole like thing. And she was just like, I want you to say, Whoa, like that. Right. So the whole labor, I was just like, Whoa, <laughs> really deep. And my husband was like, what the heck is, worked. but it worked. Like, it works really yeah, that's well. That's great. I love that. That's good advice. Yeah. For mm. relaxing, isn't it? It's, it's that it relaxes mm. the whole body because the whole body is connected. So we have to to mm. always remember that. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. Connecting with your base. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to definitely <laughs> tell that to my clients. That, that's awesome. I love that one. Yeah. My second question was fourth trimester for those um, out there who might not know what that is. Can you describe that? Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite times to to teach women and to share with women because I find it's they're most vulnerable and also the time where they tend to forget about themselves, obviously, and that's when they really need to take care of themselves. So I've had many women who have helped a lot through postpartum depression. Um, so obviously the first, the fourth, sorry, trimester is, you know, postpartum for those women who, who aren't aware. Um, but uh, I've helped a lot of women get through postnatal depression and the effects of just a small amount of exercise I find is, is incredible, you know, on the mind, the health, obviously of the mother, the new mum, and also then of course the baby. So definitely a, a passion of mine to help women in this um, moment. And I find that just helping with a little bit of exercise does you know, sometimes even change the whole posture, which therefore gives you know, women a whole different outlook. I've had a couple of my clients in one session change their posture and feel incredible uh, and been very blown away by the by the changes. So I love teaching women how you know just five to ten minutes a day even is is enough. Um, if they can do their small hip rolls or even breathing focus while they're breastfeeding, those kind of things, pelvic floor engagement while they're breastfeeding, all the little bits add up. So it's definitely definitely mm-hmm. a time to I think focus a lot more on themselves and often what they they get the opportunity to do. Uh, so if as a mum you can squeeze in a few moments, obviously that's uh, not not always possible, but obviously it will, it will make big changes. Mm-hmm. Right, because it really is hard to find that time, especially after the baby arrives and you're trying to feed the baby and you're emotional and you're exhausted. So I like that you do, I think I saw on your website, you do like 10 minute workouts in Absolutely. some cases, like 
you have on your Instagram, which I love your Instagram channel, by the way, you have all these like reels with these really quick workouts that people can just do in their kitchen or while they're at the park with their baby or something like that. Yeah, it's really, really good, really good to get in a quick workout. And uh, a lot of the women who've done my postnatal program, they have had incredible results. And often I think it's a misconception to think we just need to focus on pelvic floor squeezing as well when we're working pelvic floor. So what I like to combine is a full body workout to strengthen the pelvic floor at the same time. So the the program Mm -hmm. that I actually focus on for the horse fourth trimester can be started even as early as four weeks. So just with gentle pelvic curls, connecting of the pelvic floor, uh, those kind of exercises, and then we build on. So it's like kind of a 12-week program and it builds up slowly. So it's a great way to also incorporate full body movements as well, because I think just squeezing the pelvic floor is not enough. Um, You know, when we we start to work out again as, as a new mom, Uh, getting that full body exercise is important. And yeah, 10 minutes is enough and can make big change. So it's, it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. Right. Because a lot of times when I'm talking to families, they'll say, well, I just don't have time because you know, they, they read the requirements at least 30 to 60 minutes a day of exercise. So they're like, well, I don't have a half hour. I don't have an hour. Like the thought of having an hour to work out can seem very overwhelming. And so they just don't because they're like, well, I don't have an hour to commit to this. So I'm not going to do it because it would be useless otherwise where it's these little changes um, that can make a huge difference, not only physically, but I was listening to another podcast and I, I'm sorry to say, I forget which one it was, but they were talking about the relationship between movement and stress and why exercise actually does help with stress because the way that our brains are wired, it's meant to be that if you're walking somewhere and you see a lion, you know, you get into fight or flight, you run away or whatever. And then after that movement, that running, that brings you down from fight or flight into a more regulated state. But nowadays when we're stressed and we're kicked into fight or flight, that movement is missing, right? We don't, unless, unless you purposely do it, you don't get that opportunity to kind of trick your body into thinking that you are away from the danger. And so you you get stuck in fight or flight. And that has changed my perspective too on like, cause I'm admittedly one of those people like, well, I don't have an hour to work out today, so I'm not going to work out. But the point that other podcast was making was like, if you are stressed, even just like sprinting around your kitchen for a few minutes, fix your body into thinking that you are running away from whatever is stressed you out and helps you calm down and regulate. So if you are stressed as a new mom and your baby's crying and your nipples are bleeding and whatnot, We'll get help first, but also, you know, just do like a 10 minute thing in your kitchen, look up one of your reels and do one of those. And that will definitely help because it will trick your body in thinking that you have run away and moved away from the danger and help you stay regulated. And that just was like a real eye opener for me when it comes to like shifting your perspective around staying healthy and moving your body. It's a great analogy, you know, and, and we know about this fight and flight, but that part about, you know, tricking the body thinking you're, you're running away is, is ideal. And it doesn't take a lot, like you say, to come back into your body because when we're stressed, we're in our head. We usually are thinking in the future or the past or, you know, is, we're overwhelmed. And once we move, we actually reconnect back to our body. So we come out of our head and we're back into our body again. So 
it is very powerful. And we start to breathe better, you know, all of that in conjunction does almost reset the body. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is like a reset and it doesn't need to be a much, like you say, it can be five, 10 minutes because once we get that breathing regulated again and uh, love it, tricking the body, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. exactly what happens. It's exactly it. And uh, yeah, I like the small increments, they all add up. So, you know, I'm the same, you know, if I think I have an hour to do, my days are busy and, you know, Putting that whole hour aside is not always easy. So, but it's easy to put away 10 minutes and you can get a lot done in 10 minutes. My clients actually often say, wow, you know, that workout can get the heart rate up, can get me strengthened and toned in, in, you know, just five, 10 minutes. So it's very easy to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even just like if partners changing the baby's diaper before you feed the baby, take that opportunity to do some stretching or just move, you know, um, while the, the baby's diaper is being changed. I mean, it's only going to take a minute or two, except for the first few times that you change your baby's yeah, diaper. Yeah. It feels like it takes forever. <laughs> um, but just like, okay, you change the baby's diaper. I'm going to do a little bit of stretching before I set up to feed the baby. Yeah. That's it. Finding those mini pockets of time mm-hmm. and maybe five minute, sorry, five squats in the shower. If you can manage it, <laughs> something. Oh, or I what? like that idea. What? Yeah. Five quick squats or why the kid was mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, yeah. I I used to um work at a hospital and if I was feeling particularly stressed, or even if I wasn't, I would we were on like the fourth floor, so I would just take the elevator. But if I was alone in the elevator, I would do squats while the elevator was really bringing me up and down because it was just like I just have all this like stress just built up and I mean I just need to let it out, but I also don't want to like walk up four flights of stairs. (laughs) <laughs> that's so, great like even doing stuff like one. you said like waiting for the kettle to um, boil or when you're in the shower because it isn't yeah. feasible there's a lot of prenatal and postpartum programs out there and I feel like they're not feasible for a lot of parents because yeah. they feel like they can't make the time commitment that it, they are being asked to make which is totally understandable yeah. and I also think in today's fitness culture it's kind of like, well, if you can't commit to this much time, you don't really want it. Or you, or, you know, the people it's like, I don't want to say shamed, but people are kind of looked down on if they're not willing or able to make the time. Like you hear things like we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And it's like, uh, no, if you're home with them, it's like, it's not true. If you have a nanny, I'm sorry. If there's someone out there that has a nanny, kudos to you. I'm not bashing someone people, but like, if you have a live in nanny, and you're financially stable and you're feeling great and you have someone that you can just hand the baby. You do not have the same 24 hours in a day that I do. Yeah. It, yeah. It's different. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the part that parents see is that side of it. And so they're like, yeah. well, I, I don't even want to get into that because I don't want to feel guilty every time I get to the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't find the time to work out again. So I'm just a failure, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this is all this is all part of it. Those little increments, those five, 10 minutes, if you can do it, actually will help you feel that sense of achievement. So you will be able to find that few minutes, even if it's not five, it can be three minutes, you know, literally that helps. So you will start to get that feeling of, of achievement and then you'll do it again the mm-hmm. next day. You know, you'll find that rather than feeling the, the sense of failure, as you say. So it's it's important, I think, to keep going and and then you know, to keep adding then, you know, to your, your program when you can is, 
it tends to happen more often when we do those little bits. Mm-hmm. 100%. Speaking of getting setting up for feeding the baby, do you have any suggestions for the new mom backache? You know, when moms are like hunching over their baby to feed, they might be like tightening up their shoulders if they're uncomfortable during feeding. And they just get like all that tightness and that stress here on their shoulders and the neck. What are some things that they could do like right before they sit down while partners changing the diaper that would help with that? Yeah, I love the the stretch to to alleviate pain in the top of the neck, just to bring, you know, one arm across the body, um, literally a straight arm across the body stretches the back of the shoulder area. Uh, I, I There's a, some great, stretches to do for the upper body that uh that definitely can help even like twisting the arms i don't know if you've seen it like just threading the arms Mm -hmm. together in front yoga stretches and and you know threading the arms together so all those opening the back are great but what i like to tell my clients is to sometimes breastfeed sitting on the fit ball and uh, so a lot of the mums have had great success with this because it feels like you know you can bounce a little you can relax a little more uh so it tends to also help the baby fall asleep as well so that's that's another little tip too so buying a fit ball for prenatal and postnatal is helpful not just for the exercise but also for mums feeding Mm -hmm. it's uh it's handy Mm -hmm. Uh, but definitely a lot of upper body stretches. So, you know, really just getting the, the shoulders back a little bit. So starting to squeeze them back as well will, will help. Because we get into, like you say, that rounded position. Um, even standing against the wall will help, you know, making the back flat against the wall. So feeling the shoulders go back. That's another nice way just to help kind of undo things, if you mm-hmm. like. Yep. And, and I think that's extremely helpful because I think that's the number one complaint that I hear from families is they usually come see me for something else, but almost every parent while I'm there in their house, or if they're in their, my office are saying, well, yeah, I'm getting, I'm always like, how does your back feel? Because they put the baby on like this hunched over yes. and I'm like, how's your back doing? Yeah. And they're like, actually it's been hurting a lot. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's fix your posture while yeah. feeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you read their mm-hmm. mind. Exactly. It's it's, it's most mums, isn't it? So, you know, even lying on the football with your back over it, sitting, you know, sitting on the floor, leaning back over it will get that nice arch. So the football is my go-to tool really for mums and you can have it, you know, easily available um, in any room. Obviously, it's not a big prop mm-hmm. to have. So I highly recommend getting one of those. Um, but if you don't, you can use the back of the chair. You can even arch back over the back of the chair is a nice way. Sitting on the floor, leaning back over the couch, just reversing that that sort of hunched posture feeling mm-hmm. is very good. Yeah, I would dec- definitely recommend the ball as well. My third was a tough baby and he cried a lot. And so I spent many hours a day bouncing on the ball with him on my lap because that was the oh, only good. thing that would kind of keep him calm and happy. <laughs> Yeah, it works. And exactly. it does in your yeah, thighs and your glutes. So good workout like bouncing repeatedly that sway back and forth. So exactly. Oh, that's really good. And and yeah, the, the back pain, I think, is um obviously it's a common thing. Like you say, keeping the core strengthened um is is really helpful. And when we say core strengthened, it doesn't necessarily mean sit-ups, it's not that type of core, it's those lower abdominal mm. muscles. So it's the muscles between the hip bones, the transverse abdominal muscles, which are kind of the muscles that you can help to 
press, you know, press it, pull in or press in, whatever you prefer to say, um, when, you know, you're giving birth also during labour. Those muscles are great to help to push against. So it's quite quite good to have those strong and supporting uh, your back. So this is what we focus a lot on in the mm-hmm. Pilates is connecting those deep, deep layers uh, to support your back. Right, because if you're not doing that on a regular basis, like I, I imagine what you teach is really helping women become in tune to their body and be more mm-hmm. aware of their body. When I saw a pelvic floor specialist after kind of recently in the last six months for back pain, we figured out it was because I wasn't contracting my lower abdominal muscles at all, like at all. Like mm-hmm. the physical therapist was like, okay, she started at my upper abdominals was like, okay, contract where I press down. And then as soon as she hit lower abdominal, she's like, okay, contract. And I'm like, I am. And she's like, no, you're not <laughs> it's Not doing anything. <laughs> and we had to build up like so much of, again, that brain, it just, my brain was telling it to contract and nothing was really happening because I wasn't yeah. doing it correctly. Um, so working exactly. on that alone has helped my back pain a lot. So I imagine that must be really, really, really helpful because now I wish someone had, or I had seek someone out during pregnancy that taught me how to engage my lower abdominals because I wouldn't be suffering with back pain if I had. Exactly. And that's it. And that's exactly my point of when I going back to what I mentioned about the first trimester. So this is when you are, you know, obviously, depending if this is your first baby or not, but you know, your stomach muscles are going to be probably at their strongest during first trimester. Uh, And so you're going to be able to feel that connection more then. So then you know what you're looking for in the fourth trimester. So you felt it at the beginning. And, you know, all the way through, and then you know what you're looking for in the fourth trimester. So it makes it even easier then, even though you're going to feel very different in the fourth fourth trimester, where the stomach obviously isn't going to activate as it would in in the uh, first, second or third, but you will know at least how to connect it. Like you say, you you were looking for and you're like, oh, how do I feel this? You will at least have that association beforehand, which is very helpful. On your website, you have classes and some of them are for prenatal and postpartum. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you offer for classes and programs? I teach a lot of women in person and a lot of my classes are actually filmed with the clients that I'm actually teaching in person. So we have classes that are with women of all trimesters uh, recorded, they're pre-recorded classes and they can be accessed 24-7. So they're available in a library um, and also a course format. Uh, And it basically runs women through everything that I teach my clients face-to-face. So it's things from yoga, exercises in yoga, Pilates, bar, uh, and also the the pre and postnatal journey. So uh, it's really from the beginning right through to the fourth trimester available online. And I like that it's, you know, on on their own time, because we know how important that is for exactly expecting parents. Yeah. And I help a lot of women as well with, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, diastasis, Mm -hmm. so healing diastasis recti. So my postnatal program helps women to heal from that also. So I've come across a lot of clients who have been told by surgeons to 
uh, have operations oh, wow. to fix diastasis. Yeah, so uh, you know, some women have four to five finger separation, and the program actually does help to heal diastasis. One lady I worked with uh, was actually she's in my program. She had four and a half finger separation, and we got her down to two finger separation in a matter of a couple. Oh, wow! Months. So it's yeah, it's really really quick. The work is amazing. Uh, and we work a lot with the fascia as well. So it's not just the muscles, the deeper layers that actually connect through our body are called fascia. This uh, It's like a, a tissue uh, that runs throughout the body. And so we work with the fascia as well to help heal the diastasis. So it's quite powerful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great program. Do your classes ever involve the baby? Like I know there are some classes where you do things with the baby to strengthen. Is that kind of what you do in your classes too? Or is it just the parent? I did a lot of face-to-face classes with that pre-COVID and unfortunately we didn't film those, but uh, I, yeah, it's something that I have done and love and uh, the women, you know, obviously still get to work out with their baby. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great thing, but I don't do those so much online now, but it's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good cute. idea. Too. I love watching those videos. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I know. I love it too. Yeah, it's it's special. Well, Emma Jory, this was wonderful. I think your work is amazing. It's so important. I always say that every expecting parent should be hooked up with pelvic floor specialists, yoga, Pilates. Um, and it's a shame that at least in the US, we're kind of told, oh, it's normal for you to pee your pants for, you know, years after birth or it's normal to have back pain during pregnancy. It's, you know, because we all know that normal does not, our common does not equal normal. And I don't think it's that providers don't care. It's just that they don't know. I don't know. That That's that. it. Yeah. It, it's so true and it can be prevented. You're right. And uh, it isn't normal. You're right. I also think like it has to do with the fact that it's mostly women having babies. So no one really cares about women in the US. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the, the doctors are the men who you don't understand. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and check out your classes? Oh, you can find me at E for Emma Pilates online. So one word.com. So E Pilates online.com and my pre and postnatal programs are there along with uh, the other programs for non pre and postnatal. And I'd be very happy if you mention the podcast, if you send me an email to give you a discount um, for being one of Shelley's uh, listeners. I'd be very happy to do that. So uh, reach out anytime. I'd love to send you. Uh, a great class to suit your your trimester that's awesome thank you so much I will put um links to those and your Instagram as well can they um message you on Instagram too if they want to sign up for you yeah okay Okay, great absolutely that's fine and it's epilatesonline.com oh sorry epilatesonline uh for Instagram and Facebook I love your profile picture on Instagram thank (laughs) you you're just so like thank you yeah I've got this (laughs) in the splits very powerful I love it oh good thanks thanks thank you so much for joining us today I really appreciate it uh thank you for having me Shelley I love what you're doing and uh yeah it's it's a very important work so thank you so much I appreciate it Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. 
Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTapIBCLC.com, where you can check out our online parenting community, The Baby Bistro. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTapIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks.